missed you guys last week. Uh, I got to listen to the podcast and that was great, but uh, it's nothing like being in church uh, with, with uh, my local family uh, of God. Amen. Thank you, Jesus. Um, thanks to our tech guys. In case you're wondering, the, the projector didn't just spin and we kind of just missed the screen. Um, if you were here last week, I, I believe you had a harder time seeing than this week. But uh, it, it's, it's still there, so that's good. Um, thanks to Hayden and the guys for getting that up and going. This morning, we're going to finish our series looking at the Book of Acts, being empowered for mission. We've spent the last eight weeks um, plus one. Uh, looking at the book of Acts and being empowered for mission. And I've been so encouraged by some of you telling me that you've, you've been stirred to go back and look at the book of Acts and to read about what happened and to see what God was doing and to see how God moved and how you've been encouraged by those things. And if you haven't already, I pray that you will be encouraged, that you will be stirred, that you'll be drawn to open His Word and, and see what He has done and how the church was established at that time. I just want to point out that the book of Acts is not some mystical book about some mystical place in some mythical period. It was a place on the earth, it's not in Australia, but it was at a time and a place on the earth in the Middle East. It was right there. And, uh, and we read through the book of Acts as, as the stories of different places they go to, and you can go to those places. And I know many of us have been to those places. Um, sadly, I haven't yet, but I want to. Um, anyone else want to go? Okay, let's sign up. Let's go. Okay. And you can go to those places. You can see the, the, the buildings. You can see the places these people walked and where they were. These weren't some super people. They were people like you and I. And this morning, we're going to look at the, the third part of, of, or the third journey of Paul, uh, a little bit of it. Now you can basically break, break up the book of Acts into the different parts of Jesus um, He's risen and he, he gives his last words to the disciples and he ascends to the Father and then the day of Pentecost, the Holy Spirit sent, poured out upon them and uh, we read about Peter and the disciples and how the, the gospel goes out and the persecution starts and Saul gets uh, miraculously saved and uh, there's the, the missionary journeys and... Um, Sorry, my ears just suddenly become blocked and I got really distracted. <laughs> there we go, that's better. It must be flying on planes. <laughs> you, you hold your nose and blow, don't you? That'll either make it worse or better. <laughs> Thank you, Jesus. Maybe it's all the time I spent in the pool yesterday. Thank you, Jesus. <laughs> what was I saying? <laughs> and it talks about how the, the, the gospel goes to the Jews and the Gentiles and people are getting saved. And this morning we're going to look in particular at what was happening uh, in Ephesus. Oh, sorry, Paul uh, goes to Ephesus and the good news goes out. Some have joy, some are angry and uh, there's persecution starts and there's miracles happen and there's more people get saved and the message goes out and then some people are happy and some people are sad and uh, there's persecution starts and there's miracles happen and some people get saved and then the, the message goes out and it kind of keeps going, doesn't it? And it's kind of kept going for the next 2,000 years until today. And uh, then uh, after that time in Ephesus, Paul goes on to Troa, uh, Macedonia, sorry. He spent some time in Macedonia. He spends about uh, three months, I think it is, in, uh, in Greece, in Acacia. 
And uh, then he goes back around because he hears some people waiting to attack him. He's going to go sailing back down to where Israel is. Um, But instead he decides to go back around the other way. Um, And he ends up in Troas. And then he meets up with Luke and some of the other guys. But Paul's leaving the next day. And uh, so they decide to do what every spiritual person does when they only have a bit of time together. And they have an all-night prayer meeting, kind of. Well, not exactly. They, it, Paul's there, and they're like, well, let's just spend the time together. And Paul preaches kind of all the way through the night. And uh, it kind of really reminds me of a time we had in Vanamo. Those guys that were in Vanamo might remember this. Someone and Mandy and uh, the guys that were there. And uh, we had one night left in Vanamo before we went across to Jayapura in Indonesia. And... Uh, as I said, like every spiritual person, actually I shouldn't say that, <laughs> um, because you've only got a short amount of time before you've got to set sail, literally on a little dinghy, um, to Indonesia, they say, let's just have a midnight prayer meeting, because we've got to leave early in the morning, we've only got a few hours left, let's just pray all night. And I'm going, yeah! I was so stirred externally <laughs> to pray that night, I've got to be honest. And there has been nights when I've got up and I've just felt stirred to pray. There has been times when I've done that, but I've got to say the, the motivation on that particular night was external. It wasn't coming from within. And as I prayed with my eyes shut, there were some moments of deep reflective prayer that may have been a little um, subconscious. <laughs> And my, my eyelids got heavy. I don't know how many hours we prayed for. And uh, there was some really uh, vigorous singing. And they were hard work. And there was some really reflective, sort of soft, gentle. It's like, oh, this is nice. Time said. It just kind of really reminded me. Every time I read this passage, I'm thinking, oh, that time in Venomo. And maybe you've had a moment like that. Maybe it's been on a Sunday morning and you're just like, oh, reflective prayer. This is good. I'm just going to drift off a little. Anyway, sorry. Um, so they're there, they're, they're, they're listening to Paul all night, and then uh, some start to drift off to sleep, and Paul's still preaching, and you know, this, this verse, I think, is written for every preacher that has seen someone sleeping in the pews. It's such an encouragement to know that people fell asleep while Paul was preaching. I think, thank you, Jesus, that, that, that just blesses me. And that's fine, people are sleeping, but then there's this one guy who's sleeping beside the window. And he falls out the window. And it's kind of like, well, that's good. It would have woken him up. Except there's an issue. He's three stories up. And he falls down to the ground and dies. It's kind of a awkward break to the prayer meeting. The preaching. It says they all run down. And it doesn't describe exactly what happens. It kind of gives a picture of Paul picking him up, but also sort of laying on him and... I kind of think he just sort of runs down, jumps on the guy and begins to pray. It doesn't say. But then suddenly he's alive again and they're all so excited. And that's the kind of thing that happens all through the New Testament. We read about amazing things that happen. And as we read through early church history, there's amazing miracles and things happening. And year after year, after century, after century, and today the same amazing things are happening in our world today. And it was awesome on Friday night. Um, I've been hanging out with youth a little bit the last uh, few Fridays and it was an amazing time just hanging out with these 33 youth guys that were here and, and sharing and hearing about what 
the Holy Spirit has done in their lives and how they've seen God move in their lives. And I was so blessed, I was encouraged to be here at that time and to talk with some of the leaders about some of the things that our young people and, and those that have never been a part of this church, that never go to church, how they've seen God move and they've heard about things that God has done. And I want to say that we are, we are living in the, 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 the 2017th book of Acts right now. It's like we're living out the chapters of Acts 2017 today. I remember as we sailed on that boat from, from Vanamo to, to Jayapura and they'd asked us to pass on our greetings to the people there and I'm thinking, wow, it just feels like we're in the book. I wonder, do you realise you're in the book? You're the next part of God's plan for this earth. You are His church. And the story is still being written until Jesus comes back. And after that time of, uh, they, they go down and they, they see this guy who's fallen out from the three-story window. He, 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 he comes alive again. So what do they do? They think, ah, oh, let's call tonight. This has been a kind of a bit much. It's like, no, Paul's like, let's go back upstairs. I've got so much more to tell you. It's like, you're all awake now. Let's go back. And he keeps preaching until dawn, it says. I'm not going to go till dawn today. Um, and then it says he wants to go to Jerusalem, so he, he heads off and he kind of says, I haven't got time to go to Ephesus, I'd, I'd love to go there again, but guys, can you come and meet me? So the people, the, the leaders from Ephesus come down to uh, Asos, and we'll go to Asos now. So he's going back around to Tro- Troas and he goes to Asos. And let's read what he, what he says to the Ephesian elders in Acts chapter 20. Verse 18, it says, When they arrived, so the leaders from Ephesus, he declared, You know that from the day I set foot in the province of Asia until now, I have done the Lord's work humbly and with many tears. I have endured the trials that came to me from the plots of the Jews. I never shrank back from telling you what you needed to hear, either publicly or in your homes. I have had one message for Jews and Greeks alike, the necessity of repenting from sin and turning to God and having faith in our Lord Jesus Christ. Paul says, guys, you know the trials I've been through. You know the the blood, sweat and tears that have been poured out as I've gone about this mission. It's about telling people to repent, to turn to God and to have faith in Jesus. There is no other way to be saved. He's saying, this is what my life has been about. You've seen it all. He's like, guys, it, it all boils down to this. This is what my life is about, about telling people the hope we can find in Jesus. That's what it's all about. I'm going to pour out my life for this one cause. We spent the last eight weeks talking about being empowered for mission, about being courageous, about being united and encouraging one another, about using our gifts boldly. That sounds like a little hula to the dance. <laughs> About using everything we have. <laughs> Thank you, Jesus. Everything we have for the mission. But we've got to make sure we're living for the right mission. We've got to know we're on the right mission for God, that God has for us. And I want to ask you this morning, 
What is it that your life boils down to? Take away all the, 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 the stuff we do, all the busyness, all the, all the things that go on in your life. What is it that, that flavors everything else in your life? If, if, your, if your life was boiled down to this is what I live for, what is it we live for? We just got back from holidays and we had a great time up in Newcastle. It was about oh, 30 degrees the day we left and uh, it was blowing a gale and we were glad to leave. <laughs> That's the honest truth. And it was beautiful, but uh, it was actually, as we were on the beach on that last day before the wind got up and it was just beautiful, I said to Rochelle, you know, this is amazing. <laughs> this is great. But let's not live for the next holiday. Let's not ever get to a point of just hanging out for our next holiday. Let's not let our life become about finding the next bit of relaxation. I want to live my life not for the holidays we have, but for the, the bits in between the holidays. <laughs> I want to make my day-to-day life the main thing, the day-to-day life the priority and the exciting thing. Not the holidays I go on, not the, the beaches we get to explore and the... Uh, the awesome blessings. I just look down and see my little boy and go, wow, he's looking at me. He's been away the last two days. I've hardly seen him. But let's make the day-to-day things, the, the, the normal stuff we do, the exciting part of our lives and not be hanging out for a summer holiday or some other pleasure in between the busyness. I don't think it would have made any difference. I shared a few weeks ago about how I planned to do graphic design at uni and, and go on with those things and how I changed the course of my life because I was free to do that at that time. I don't think it would have made any difference whether I had have done that, if I had have gone on pursuing to try and be an Olympic athlete or stayed as a pool lifeguard for the rest of my life or started some big business. The, the, the passion of my heart, and I pray that the passion of your heart will be to love God and to love people. Because that's God's command for us. No matter what we do, no matter where we go, no matter where we are, that our priority, our focus, would be on loving God and loving people in the place we are in every single day of our lives. Now that's a challenge right there. That is a mission, that is a, a calling that we can spend the rest of our lives trying to pursue and perfect and get better at. It's a struggle. It's a battle. But it's something worth fighting for. My desire is to help people be who God created them to be. Whether they know God yet or not. I think in a sense God's call for all of us is the same, but it looks very different for each one of us. It's the same for all of us, to to love God and to love others. But it looks different in the context and the way that God's called us to do that. I've heard people say that we all have our own life message and it's kind of like we all have a different emphasis of the of the grace of God a different emphasis of what God has done that has impacted us that God has positioned us God's created us God's formed us that we can encourage people in that expression of his grace I wonder what is the expression of his grace that he's appointed and created you to express and to encourage people in last time I spoke about courage and how the courage comes as we focus on the love of God. I talked about how we don't need to go anywhere different or become something else to be a witness for Jesus. How Paul commanded them to stay as they were 
unless they had the chance to be free and, and then sure, go somewhere and, and, and be something, do something else for God's glory if you feel led to. But it's as we allow the love of God in whatever place and position and opportunity we have, it's in those moments that we have an impact for God. I was talking to Rochelle last night about the MOPS conference and uh, one of the speakers that she was listening to, and I've, I've got to, uh, I think, honour our team and, and I'll let you guys know. The Beck led the, the whole coordinators' uh, sessions on for the MOPS conference, and I think they kind of said uh, to, to our, our team, it's like, guys, which sessions would you like to run? Would you like to run the coordinators, the hospitality, whatever? And we have an amazing team at our, our, our MOPS and Moppets group, so praise God for that. Thank you for you guys. But Rochelle was talking about one of the speakers that was there that has been living in Bolivia for the last few years. She's only been back for about 10 weeks. And how she went over to Bolivia thinking, I'm going to change the world. I'm going to do something amazing and it's going to change the world forever. But she came back home kind of thinking, it's just about getting involved wherever we can and doing whatever God's called us and given us opportunity to do that God is honoured, God is glorified, and that is our mission. She thought she was going to go and change the world. She didn't change the world in its entirety, but she changed the world of some people she went and talked to, the people she met. And we don't have to wait for some great opportunity. We don't have to wait for the moment to be something great for God. It's in the little moments, day by day, no matter where we are, no matter what we are doing, that makes a great impact and changes the world of someone in our lives. Jesus' call was and is, though, to be his witnesses in Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria, and to the ends of the earth. And we are called to not just know the gospel, but to take the gospel out. It's, it's an honour and privilege to be an ambassador for Christ in the place that we're in. And as, as we get to know Christ and we're changed and people see the changes in us, that's amazing, that's fantastic, that's wonderful. But we have an obligation to be bearers of the good news, to take the message to those who don't yet know the hope we have in Jesus Christ. To take that message out to other towns, to other cities, to other states, to other nations. Wherever we have opportunity, wherever we can find a way to take the message out. We have an opportunity, we have a, a responsibility to do whatever we can to spread the message with those who do not know the hope of Jesus Christ. The denomination we're a part of, the, the CRC, that didn't start as a denomination, it started as a movement of people. That It wasn't about helping people come to church. It was about going out that people would be revived, that they would go out from church that they would know the love of God and be empowered by the Holy Spirit to be His witnesses, not just to come to church, but to go out from church and be ambassadors for Christ and to spread the message of the gospel. Listen to the next part of what Paul says in Ephesians, uh, to the Ephesian elders in Acts chapter 20, verse 22. He says, And now I am bound by the Spirit to go to Jerusalem, and I don't know what awaits me, except that the Holy Spirit tells me in city after city that jail and suffering lie ahead. I just think it's an interesting note to look at the next chapter and notice that 
later on when he goes to the next place, someone prophesies by the Holy Spirit, it says, that you are going to be persecuted if, if you go to that place. And he, he, it just confirms what Paul already knows. But he also says, this guy who's prophesying, so you shouldn't go. And we can hear prophecy from one another. We can hear God speak to us from one another. But we've got to be careful we don't put our own human um, understanding on things as we speak. And as we listen, that we can be encouraged by the confirmation of God through other people, but also to know and to know how to filter out the things that someone might be saying that isn't God. Paul knew what God had called him to, and he said, Yep, amen, I know, jail and suffering lie ahead, and I'm going. <laughs> it's like the guy prophesied by the Holy Spirit, and he says, So you shouldn't go. And he says, Yep, I know it's coming, but I'm going. We've got to know what the Holy Spirit has spoken to us. Let's go on in verse 24. It says, But my life is worth nothing to me unless I use it for finishing the work assigned by me by the Lord Jesus, the work of telling others the good news about the wonderful grace of God. And now I know that none of you to whom I have preached the kingdom will ever see me again. I declare today that I have been faithful. If anyone suffers... Eternal death. It is not my fault, for I didn't shrink from declaring all that God wants you to know. So guard yourselves and God's people. Feed and shepherd God's flock, His church. Purchase with His own blood, over which the Holy Spirit has appointed you as leaders. I know that false teachers like vicious wolves will come in among you after I leave, not sparing the flock. Even some men from your own group will rise up and distort the truth in order to draw a following. Watch out. Remember the three years I was with you, my constant watch and care over you night and day, and my many tears for you. And I think the next verse might not be up there. It says, And now I entrust, to you, entrust you to God and the message of His grace that is able to build you up and give you an inheritance with all those he has set apart for himself. Paul knew his mission. Paul knew what God had called him for. And as Dee shared last week, everyone around you is going to have some kind of expectation of who you are and what you're going to do. People have expectations for us that aren't necessarily the right expectations. Paul says, But my life is worth nothing unless I use it for finishing the work assigned me by the Lord Jesus. And then in verse 26, he says, And I have been faithful. Wow, God help me to know I have been faithful on my dying day, that I've been faithful to what God has called me to, that I haven't shrunk back, he says. And then he commands him, he says, Guard the flock. Guard yourself and guard those that God, God's people around you. He says, Feed and shepherd God's church. Purchased by His blood. In other words, remind yourself, remind others around you that Jesus' death on the cross, His resurrection, it is what makes it finished. It is what finishes our salvation and that we are His by the, by the blood of Jesus. Guard yourselves. Feed each other with these things. Feed each other on the, on the truth of His Word and shepherd one another. Protect each other against lies of the enemy with the Word of God. And He says, and watch out. He says, be careful, look out, be ready. This challenge is going to come and we've got to be ready. And he says, and now I entrust you to God, the message of his grace. 
that is able to build you up and give you an inheritance. You know, we can do anything in this life. We have been set free by the power of the blood of Jesus. We've been set free. We are free indeed. And we, we, we are free to do whatever we wanted, but not everything is good for us, he says in Romans. It's only the message of God's grace, his forgiveness through faith in Jesus that saves. It's only the message of his grace that strengthens us, that helps us, that builds us up, that encourages us. We can do anything in this life, but let's let our anything be for that one thing that God has called us to. Whatever we do, day by day, moment by moment, let it, let it be all for the glory of God. That we're in that place to be a presence of God's love. Paul gives us his mission statement. He, and then he kind of clarifies and he says, but, but make sure you do these things. Guard the flock, feed and shepherd his people and watch out. This is so important, guys. This is my mission. But guys, don't neglect these things. This is what you're called for. It's interesting if you look at the book of Ephesians, which he writes back to the leaders at Ephesus. He talks all about the armor of God again and goes into detail about the belt of truth and the helmet of salvation and all those things. He talks about living as the body of Christ in unity and being led by the Spirit and being wise as we do these things. It kind of reminds me of these things of, of in Corinthians, uh, 1 Corinthians 3. It talks about how we can build with any material. We can build with wood, hay or straw. We can build with precious gems or, or stone. But our, our work, our life will be tested. It will be judged at the end. Not by whether we've done enough good works to be saved or not, but there is a reward for those who, who, who build for the kingdom. He says, if, but if we have any other foundation than Christ, we will fall. We can build with whatever we want, but let's make sure we stay on the right foundation. I don't know about you, but I want to build with something that lasts. I want to build with something that will not be burned up, that will not just be seen as, as chaff in the eyes of the Lord. Now, I thank God so much for the, the mission's heart of this church, for people who give of themselves their time, their energy, their, their money to reach out to people with the gospel not just through the programs we do, but in your day-to-day -day life, for people that just lovingly share and, and show the love of God to people wherever you go. I, I thank God for you. I thank God for the programs we're able to have, like Mops and Kids Inc. and Kids Church and Kids Hope and CAP and Prayer and Craft and, and Youth and, and all the things we do. I'm, I'm so thankful for those things. But my desire is still to see more and more and more people reach with the message of the gospel. Let that, let's let that heart grow in us to see more people know the gospel, the power of God to save. I'm so glad that we can partner with other churches and people and places like Pastor Joe that's coming this week and, and others around the world. That we can partner with them, that we can pray with them, that we can pray for them, that we can give financially to those things. And, and it's, a, it's an honour to me when I, when I look at the CRC stats every year. They print up a little book and, and say, oh, okay, these are the people in the church around the Australia and the CRC. And I see this tally of, of, of amount of money we've been able to send to missions. And I have some, I think, godly pride. And say, yeah, good on you, CFC. We, we're giving boldly to missions. And God, give us a grace to give even more. 
I just think even as we build the whole extension this year, I haven't said this to anyone, but over the last 12 months as we've considered this, I think, God, help us to give even more to missions, even in this year when we're building, than the last five years. Well, I wasn't meaning cumulative, but you can believe that if you want. <laughs> Lord, give us a heart to give. Lord, give us a heart to give. You know, I think we do have that heart to give. I believe you, so many of us, we have that heart to give, but we've just got to put legs on our giving sometimes. Our faith pledge is all about putting legs on our heart to give. I think we can be so good in our intentions and well-meaning, but sometimes we just need a little extra prompt to say, yep, I'm going to do it. I'm going to step in. I'm going to take the first step. Paul goes on to say how he never coveted anyone's gold or silver, and he talks about how it's more blessed to give than receive. And we are so blessed as we give. We are so blessed as we are able to, to give and to partner with others, to encourage others. Practically speaking, I just want to talk on a, a couple of things. I would love to see some more new faces on our missions team. Our missions team right now is full of very busy people that are committed to so many different things. And I would love to see our missions team grow in, in number and in strength. And, and the heart of our missions team is to, uh, I won't try and say it, I'll, I'll read what I've got. The, the goal of our missions team is to promote, facilitate and provide, provide feedback on our giving to missions to encourage everyone in missions. And if you, maybe you don't feel like you have the, the freedom or the, the, the time to uh, be a part of a program every week, helping run a program, but maybe you are able to come to a meeting once every couple of months, that you are able to uh, email or, or Facebook chat with someone in another place that we support in missions, and that you could become a key contact for one of those places or people, that we can greater support another mission of God on this earth. Maybe that's you. I know how much you all enjoy my company and would love me to come and visit you more often. Um, I'm saying this tongue-in-cheek in case you're not getting that. I just want to spell it out. Um, but as we grow, we need more and more people that are willing and able and, and free to go and visit people and to care for others in this church. And I just want to remind every one of you that we are the body of Christ. And if any believer comes to visit you anytime, the church has just been to visit you. And I want to encourage you to not think of me as the one that will always come to visit you when you need help, because to be honest, you need it not to be me, because I'll be there for a short time sometimes if it has to be me. I think if we grow by another 50 or so people, then if I visited one person a day over a year, it would take me a year to get back to your house. And sometimes people need more than one visit in a month. We need more and more people to care for one another, but we also need to have our hearts open to not just be cared for, but to care for others. In our vision statement, it says that our desire is that we would all be cared for as we learn to care for others. And I want to ask, will you be a part of caring for others? Will you be a part of, maybe it's leading a life group, maybe it's being a part of a life group that you can care for the others in that group as much as you're cared for yourself. It's more blessed to give than to receive, but it's so easy to feel like we don't have enough to give yet, isn't it? 
That can be financial. People say, if I just have a little bit more, then I can give that bit more. We can feel like if I just get things together a little bit, that little bit more, I'll be able to give and serve once I've got this sorted out in my life. But Jesus calls broken people and he says, come and just let me use, me, let me use you as you are. Trust me. My, my, my grace is made perfect in your weakness. Even this morning as I got up to preach, I, I was aware of my brokenness, my, my inability. I've, I've had some vertigo going on over the last month. And this morning before I came to church, I just sat down. I'm like, God, give me strength. I'm just, you know, just, just spinning all over the place. <laughs> I'm thinking, God, just let me, let me stand and speak your word today. And we can wait for the perfect moment, for the perfect opportunity, to, for everything to be right. But let's just step out when things aren't perfect. Let's be ready to step up to take that first step even when we don't feel ready. There are times, there are seasons, but let's be willing to step in. Maybe you're great at just catching up with people, taking someone out for a coffee and encouraging them in God. And I want to say that's a great gift to that person. I want to encourage you that God sees what you're doing and He loves that heart. I want to encourage you in whatever it is that you do, that your part of the picture is important. What you can bring to the church, what you can bring as a messenger of the gospel is important. Ephesians tells us so powerfully, and Dave read from Ephesians 2 that talks about us being a masterpiece. And we could think of it like a puzzle that's all joined together for the glory of God, but I think a better picture is like a mosaic of all these broken pieces put together to be a beautiful picture that honours God. As a church, we're like a whole bunch of broken people that come to know the grace of God. And we just want to worship Him, we want to honour Him, we want to glorify Him and tell other people about Him. Over the next few weeks, we're going to ask you again to consider how can you commit to serve in your life? Maybe there's something you've been thinking of doing um, as a part of the church that you've been thinking about, you've been praying about, we're going to ask, can, would you commit to serve in that thing? Would you commit to give of yourself and your time to some ministry or in some way at CFC? And I was hoping to have one printed out to hold up in my hand right now, but it's just got some little boxes to tick. Most of you have done that before if you were here last year or the year before. But we want to offer you the opportunity to say, yes, I want to serve. I want to be a part of what God's doing here at CFC. I want to finish by saying, let's strive to finish the work assigned to us by the Lord Jesus Christ. Our salvation is sealed, it is finished. We don't have to earn it, we don't have to do anything to achieve it. But let's strive to finish the work that's been appointed to us. Let's be faithful and not shrink back from any calling of God by the Holy Spirit. Let's each be ready to guard the flock to feed and care for one another, reminding ourselves and reminding, reminding each other that we have been purchased by the blood of Jesus Christ, that it is finished because of His death and resurrection. I want to ask you to take up the call to be His witnesses. Wherever you are, whatever you do, to be motivated by His love and empowered by His Spirit for the mission of God. And let's be believing that God is moving and will move in your life and in the, this city 
and in this world for the glory of God as we do. I'm going to ask the band to come now. We're going to finish with a song. But I just want to pray. Can we stand this morning? Well, God, I just thank you so much for the book of Acts that we can read, that we can see what you have done, that we can see how you move, that we can understand more about your Holy Spirit and how you move and, and act and interact with us. And God, I just thank you for your empowering of the Holy Spirit. God, we just thank you that you didn't come just to be with us, but to dwell within us, to, to change us from the inside out. Lord, we pray that you would renew our minds, that you would renew our heart, that you would remind us, you would counsel us, you would teach us day by day of your love. And that, God, we would be so empowered not just to live our life, but for the mission you have for us. That, God, as we were singing earlier, that people around the world would sing, Great are you, Lord, that you could use a little church in Colac called Christian Family Church to help me know your love. God, I pray that you would use us as your people, that you would... Help us to be released, to go out from this place and be your church. God, I just thank you for anyone here today that maybe has never given their life to you. They've never surrendered and, and thanked you that you died on the cross for our sin. And I thank you, Jesus, this morning that your word tells us that if anyone confesses their sin and, and admits their, their need of you, that you have already done all that needs to be done. That, Lord, we are forgiven. And that by faith we become a part of your family, that we enter into a new life with you. And if that's you this morning, you can just pray that prayer and say, Lord God, please forgive me. I give my life to you. And Lord, please lead me forward. Help me to be the person you want me to be. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. God, I just really feel that you want to just encourage people this morning that maybe have been doubting why they are where they are or whether their, their life is making any difference. I just really feel, God, that you're saying that you want to encourage that person or those people that your life matters, your life counts. You may not see the, the, the connection between the gospel and what you're doing on a day-to-day -day basis for the majority of your time, but just trust that God has positioned you to love Him and love those people around you. It might be the five-minute conversations you have at lunchtime. It might be the people you meet on the way to work. It might be the people you meet that are in the same industry as you. It might be those people in your home, that people, people you're caring for. But God has positioned you for His glory. And He's called you just to be faithful to what He's called you to and leave the results to Him. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. God, we commit ourselves to you. And Lord, we are just excited to see what you'll do in this week ahead, in this year ahead, for your glory.
In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. We're going to finish with a different song. And it says, I know he rescued my soul. His blood has covered my sin. He says, I'll raise a banner. I'm going to raise a banner. I'm going to make it known that he is my redeemer, that we have a saviour and he lives. And uh, I pray that as we sing this song, you'll be excited about doing that, about what Jesus has done for you. We're going to sing it now. My Redeemer lives. Thanks, guys.